This podcast is intended for adults only. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Massacast. Listener supported. You can go to Massacast.com and donate there. And uh, while you're there, you can also uh, look at the voicemail number, 917-720-7304. You can just look at the number. You don't actually have to do anything with it. Or you can uh, leave a voicemail via Skype. The username is Massacast. I've heard uh, some people say that uh, it needs to be a capital M for Massacast. uh, I'm not sure. I've heard conflicting stuff. But we do have our very first voicemail left via Skype, and it's actually a, a European one, no less. Hey there, this is Patrick from Germany. Uh, I'm a loyal listener to the Metalcast. I really enjoy the light tone of the interviews, uh, which the recent You Gotta Beat the Shit Out of Him was, to me, the highlight of the episode so far. Uh, the dynamic between the two was a lot of fun to listen to. I also enjoyed the most recent ep- episode with um, Mr. Yin, but uh, even though I think I didn't think it lagged, I for one like the shorter format. 20 minutes is just enough to listen to Mastercast in between things, like on the commute or something, whereas I feel I have to make time for hour-long shows. Anyway, keep it up, and if the audio is good enough that you want to play this, go ahead. Someone listening to the Mastercast and recognizing my voice is, after all, listening to the Mastercast in the first place, right? Looking forward to listening to you soon. Bye. Our very first voicemail. I'm, I'm so glad you, uh, you left one. Again, Massacast is the Skype username. You can leave a uh, voicemail there. Today, talking with my friend Raul, uh, one of the few uh, submissive friends I have. I don't know why. I have only a few submissive guy friends, and uh, uh, it's, I'm very glad to call him one of them. Of course, I started by asking how he, how he got started. All right. I mean, I don't have a narrative, but I guess, I guess it starts with uh, wet dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the, uh, the what a wet dream is? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, my original, like, 11 or 12 years old, I would have, like, these, uh, you know, like, it would always be, like, a sexy dominant woman and wet dreams. Like, it normally would be, like, a like an Egyptian princess or yeah, a mermaid thing. or something. And then there would be, she would somehow be dominant. I don't really remember. She'd splash water on you? Or... And then that was reinforced by shows like Cheers with, uh, what's her name? Lilith. Not Lilith. Lilith didn't turn me on. Really? It was, um, what's her name? The woman who was in Look Who's Talking was really Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kirstie Alley. Kirstie, Kirstie Alley. Alley. Kirstie Alley um, used to be very sexy. And she was a huge oh, bitch uh, on Cheers. And I loved it. And uh, what else? When she had her hair up. When she had her hair Like yeah. the first season when she first appeared and she's this, this stern. Yes. Yeah. That was hot. Um, then there was Hercules, the show Hercules. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were lots of dominant women in sort of like 
uh, bikini-type outfits in that show. It, it, so you liked Hercules. This is surprising me because most people like Hercules for the quality acting of Kevin Sorbo. Well, Kevin Sorbo is an underrated actor. Um, <laughs> I also appreciated Kevin Sorbo, but, you know, it was mostly uh, masturbation fodder for right. me. And Xena, probably? Xena I liked a little bit. Not as much as my girlfriend now it, liked when she was a child. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I would watch Baywatch with my father. But that wasn't really a dominant show. That yeah. was more on the vanilla track. I mean, I had a parallel vanilla track. I think most guys do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then what else? Oh, and then there's middle school, which is like this very hierarchical social setting where there's like mean girls who seem to be where all the guys are fawning over them. So, that, I mean, there's pop culture. There's like your school every day. And then you're dreaming about bizarre past period like like it's like a Bill and Ted's porno fantasy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I just had a bad image George Carlin having sex in a phone booth that's right it's me and George Carlin <laughs> traveling around every night different dominatrices of various eras right. so when was it <laughs> no, was this always right. just something in the back of your head or did you seek well, it out it, no, well, I didn't seek it out for a while. Like it, high school is kind of like you know, I would, I would be, I was oblivious to all like advances from women. So they would have to basically come on to me in order for for anything to happen. Yeah, I same experience. Right. So like you know, I dated in high school, but I it wasn't like I was forward enough to be like, oh, you know, you know, uh, you know, beat me with single tail. Yeah. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. So then in college, I had the freedom to surf the internet for porn whenever I wanted to because no one was watching my back. Of course. So I did, and I found all kinds of websites that I enjoyed. Uh, and then I met dominant women in college. So how did you meet dominant women in college? Uh, by chance. Wow. Um, you did not go to college where I went to college. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. Um, how, how does this happen by chance? Is it just you've got a vibe? Did you, did you have the a, a sort of like what I call domdar? Did you have this like... No, okay. I, 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 I... Well, this is actually a funny story. I'll tell it. Um, my freshman year, the girl down the hall had a crush on my roommate. Um, and she was a fucking freak. Like, a real freak. In, in, in the best possible way. No. No. Okay. <laughs> just okay. a freak. Okay. <laughs> and towards the end of the year... Uh, she came into our room and she said that she wanted my roommate to pee on him right then and there. And he said, I don't want to do that. That's weird. Mm-hmm. I said, if he's not going to do it, I'll pee on you. <laughs> this seemed like a fun thing to do. Because you're a gentleman <laughs> and you, you know, if the lady asks, you would oblige, right? Yeah, but that didn't happen. She wanted him to pee on her. Of not, course, not yeah. Me. Um, but anyway, she, uh, we, we stayed friends with this freak. And she uh, in, uh, introduced me to friends of hers who are freaks in the best possible way. Okay. So uh, I met a woman who I dated for a very brief amount of time in college that, uh, that was a dominant female. She was actually, I think she was a switch, but uh, with me she was a dominant. So, so that was my first real life experience. You had a taste of it and it obviously you, you were like, wow, this is great. I can meet someone. No, then then I was like, oh, that's over. So then I dated Vanilla for like a few years, uh-huh. and then I don't know. I got I got to graduate school, and uh, uh, I was bored in graduate school, and uh, I don't know. It just occurred to me. I was like, you know, things weren't going so well in my Vanilla personal life. 
And I was like, why, why not? I could do this. Like, they, I've been looking at this porn. I've always thought that I couldn't do this. And I was like, there's really nothing preventing me from doing this. I, there's some risk in being exposed. But, like, sure. you know, you might as well try it out. So then I, uh, I, I uh, kind of cruise the usual avenues that people do. And they try to meet uh, uh, dominant females. So you were on Collar Me and all, and all those kind of things. Yeah, C- Craigslist. And right. then I, I would find random people to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did. I played with a couple of people that way and, um, you know, more experienced players than me. Um, I met a person who I wound up dating for a little while. Um, and then I eventually uh, uh, messaged uh, somebody who I didn't know was a professional and then told me she was and that um, if, she would, if I wanted to meet her, I'd have to pay for it. And that was sort of, so that was like accidental that I started to become a client of professionals. Um, but I so did. You said, you said, yeah, you said, yeah, sure, I'll meet you, right? Well, yeah, it was more like I, I said, well, shit, uh, this woman's really hot and I have the money right now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of creepy, but I'll do it. Well, how is that? Did you, did you like the cleanly, I should say cleanliness of that, of how clean cut it was, how you're going to get your kink needs met? The first couple of times, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't like parting with my money because I'm cheap. Right. Um, and I, 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 uh, I didn't like the fact that you only have an hour or two to establish a connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but with some women, you know, you have a better relationship with them than others. Some you have a natural thing. Yeah, and I think I also think that professional dominants are relieved when they they encounter a submissive client who actually enjoyed being with mm. uh, so I you know I, I kind of like got along with these women more often than I didn't yeah so that was like nice that was like about I felt like in my vanilla life you know you know it's like some women like you some women don't you know them's the breaks but in BDSM I felt like everybody seemed to like me and I was like what the hell is going on here why are all these people into me there's like all these hot chicks and they all seem to like me yeah and I didn't under really, really understand that but I liked it a lot so I, I pursued that avenue <laughs> more than I was like my vanilla relationships at that point how many did you uh, end up start as client and then end up dating did that happen often or no that didn't happen often the, the first woman I did it with um, I wound up becoming a uh, a lifestyle Submissive or slave for her, mm-hmm. but she she was married, so she had a relationship. But that didn't last long, um, just because stuff in my life was making me completely useless for her. Right. Um, you want to talk about that relationship at all? Or? It wasn't much of a relationship. It didn't last very long. We had a couple, let me like three or four great sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very grateful for the time I spent with her. Yeah. But uh, you know, I had started a new job where I just like was working constantly and I said she she didn't want to see me when I was available to see her so I was I, I, I said I can't do this anymore was that your first D kind of DS experience was with her or no I had uh, I had a relationship with a woman who a woman who we both know mm-hmm. uh, for about three or four months mm-hmm. and it was she was my girlfriend and I was her boyfriend mm-hmm. but it was a DS relationship um, it didn't work out um, because, um, well, she's <laughs> she moved, right. uh, among other reasons. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but uh, but that was a really great experience because I'm still friends with her today. 
uh, we got along really well. We could spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. without. Um, yeah, we could talk about other things other than DS. Yeah. Um, and she was new to it as well. Which uh, I realized at that point that I like to play with people who are close to my level of experience because mm-hmm. then you can explore new things together. Um, whereas if you're, I mean, it's it's always fun to play with people who are super experienced yeah. because they can kind of like, you know, take you to places that are, you know. Bizarre, stranger, great. Okay, so you had a couple of DS experiences. Right. You, um, you were a client for for the most part at this point, or were you seeking? Were you, were you just kind of sticking with the client thing, or were you also no, seeking dating too? Or dating client? I, I, client was like very random. After after that first one ended as being a client, I didn't like you know say like oh now I'm a client mm-hmm. and then I would go every week or something. I would I would basically I kind of stopped. I was like all right. Maybe I shouldn't do this for a while. Mm-hmm. I have this job, I can't really like commit to anything. I'm gonna just, you know, I'll date randomly vanilla. I'll date randomly DS, mm-hmm. and I'll just, you know, take what I can get basically. Yeah. Um, but what I would do is, I was at this very stressful job, so I would uh, schedule a professional appointments when I just needed to have, you know, some sort of stress release. Whenever you need the outlet, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I did it. I, I guess I, I, I became clients one woman and another and like maybe like four or five people mm-hmm. and then yeah and then I was I was I met a couple of people in lifestyle relationships um, I dated or I dated some women in vanilla vanilla relationships and then and then I guess I just stopped at some point uh, maybe about two years ago I just stopped dating I was burned out and I said I'm gonna stop completely stop dating 100% yeah I'm any yeah, well, I, what happened? I should back up. I, I what happened was um, I met somebody on Craigslist um, uh, in the spring of 2007, and uh, uh, we became fast friends. And we like uh, I, she was sort of a person who helped me. I, I didn't want to become part of the BDSM scene for for a longest time, mm-hmm. and then I realized at that point after meeting this person, I was like, okay, well, we're not going to have like a DS relationships, dominant female. But but what we could have is like a friendship, just yeah. like a regular friendship because I like this person. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe I should like you know give the scene a shot and like meet some people that have these interests because otherwise I'm just going to be meeting like finance professionals for the rest of my life. Yeah, and that's not very interesting. So you know, take it, that finance professionals. <laughs> Zap, zing. It's more interesting to be dominatrixes. Yes. Right. Sure. So <clears throat> dominatrices. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I so I met her, and then she introduced me to a couple of her friends, and before I knew it, I had like a dozen domina- dominatrices as friends. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know, I, I just like I felt very comfortable meeting these people's friends, and I didn't really feel like anything was working out with my personal life, so I just stopped dating after a while, and I just appreciated these friendships. One thing that I am really, and I don't know, I have I don't know the answer to this question. Um, after I met one cool dominant woman, it was easier for me to meet another cool dominant woman. And not just, I mean, this is pro and, and non-pro, but it just seemed, and, and I wouldn't, I'm not even talking dating, just saying friends. Right. Well, they all know each other. It's like, it's yes. like, uh, it's like what is that Yale Society, like the cloak and dagger yeah, or something? Yeah, the cloak, no, the, uh, <laughs> the fork and bucket. No, it's, I can't remember what Skull it's called. Skull and Bones. The Skull and Bones, yeah, yes. They, they all have, like, they all know each other. They have, like, Knights of the Round Table meetings. Yeah, that's right. 
And I, it, they all sit around and have pillow fights every Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. Least, that's what I imagine. Lingerie. I imagine they have pillow fights and tickle fights. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. So, so you you were kind of getting in the scene. You're making a lot of friends. Right. And then and then I cut off dating. Um, and then um, I went on a vacation with this person who I met, the first person who I met, the the first professional dominant mm-hmm. I'm friends with. And uh, she had recently gotten into a relationship, and I just. Uh, uh, a profound loneliness had come over me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I don't know. I, I should like, I should meet, I should like make one more concerted effort to meet a dominant female. If yeah. it doesn't work out, then fuck it. I'm never going to do it again. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, foolishly, uh, the way I decided to pursue this was by uh, making an appointment as a client. Which is like always like a dumb idea, you know. But anyway, I went to see uh, this woman and uh, we had a good session. I invited her out for drinks afterwards. She said no, mm-hmm. uh, but I became infatuated with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made another session with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time she said yes to my drinks idea. Mm-hmm. So I got to know her a little bit at, outside of it. She seemed awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and then um, I, went, um, I went on a work assignment where I had to be away from New York for a while um, for four or five days of the week, and uh, uh, I wasn't really in contact with anybody at all. Mm-hmm. But I would text this dominatrix maybe twice a day and be like, "Hey, I'm in this horrible city right now. Mm-hmm. You know, how's it going?" And we started sort of a texting relationship. And every like maybe three times a month, when I'd come back, uh, we would get together and have a session, and we'd also go out to dinner or whatever. So it started to like the tr- relationship started to change, and then. I mean, okay. When you say it started to change, was it just changing for you, or was it changing for her too? You'd have to ask her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, what happened? I, I think the turning point was uh, I, you know, we had drinks, and she said, "Oh, I really like steak dinners." So I was like, "I like steak dinners too." So I took her to a really fancy steak house, right. and I wooed her with uh, fancy dinners and money. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And then, um, uh, so eventually we started hanging out without the sessioning. We would just go out to bars, and uh, we'd close down the bars and get drunk together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working till you know, after midnight, and she was uh, dominatrix and was often working till after midnight. So mm-hmm. we'd start dates around midnight and go to like 4 a.m., and we'd do it two or three times a week. Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know, it just sort of gradually started to evolve into a relationship, and then eventually we started living together. Wow. Yeah. Wait, and this is the relationship you're in right now? This is the relationship I'm in. Oh, that is awesome. I had no idea that that, (laughs) I had no idea that you were telling me that story. (laughs) That is so, you know, I probably would have, you know, it's a good thing you didn't tell me, because I would have been looking at your girlfriend and going, aww, (laughs) getting drunk until 4 a.m. That's awesome. And so, how long have you been together? Uh, about a year and a half now. And how long are you planning to be together? About another... Uh, soon, don't put me on the spot. No, I'm kidding. Guys. I'm kidding. <laughs> no. <laughs> the, um, my next uh, question I was going to ask you is, is are, are there specific things... I don't even know. I mean, are there specific... And you mentioned being a masochist. Are there any specific things that you really, really... Well, you said rope enthusiast. You, you're also a masochist. Yeah, I like, I like rope. I like metal. I like suspension bondage. Mm-hmm. I like... Um... um I like most types of pain play. I like, you know, floggers, rope, uh, not rope, uh, canes, mm-hmm. single tails, all that stuff is good. Paddles, over the knee, whatever. I, I don't typically like 
uh, nipple torture or ball torture, mm-hmm. I'm willing to tolerate some amounts of nipple torture. Mm-hmm. Very little ball torture, though. Um, uh, but generally, I'm pretty good on pain. I can do pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sensory deprivation, I like a lot. Uh, uh, I don't like medical play. I um, Your girlfriend has mentioned this to me, that you don't like medical play. Is there something specific about it? Is it because... I don't like the idea of someone conducting medical procedures on me that doesn't have a license to do so. <laughs> Perfectly understandable. Perfectly understandable. Um, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I mean, obviously, I mean, everyone's got their things that. I, um, and I've tried it, and I think that's also that's another quality of play that people should like be able to tell they're dumb. Like if you have lit. A long list of limits is a good thing. That means that you've tried things and that you don't like them, and you know that you don't like them. And dominant women want to know that before they play with you. Yeah. You know, if you say you could do anything, you better well be yeah. fucking ready to do anything. Have there been many things that you've come across with since you're with your girlfriend that you would let your girlfriend do that you wouldn't let anyone else do? Are there things out there that definitely? I mean, I trust her more than anybody else I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, if she wanted to do something really badly and we were in scene and I was horny mm-hmm. she, she could probably get away with it she normally doesn't do that though because she's too good a person right. she'll like ask me beforehand you know safe sane consensual yeah. and then I'll be like hell no I don't want to do that and then you know we all lose out or whatever the next thing you know you're sticking your tongue in a toaster <laughs> right but, I mean but yeah there are definitely things that I don't want to do with certain people that I like with other people like I can't do any humiliation play with my girlfriend right uh, but um, I'll continue my laundry list of kinks. I, I like uh, orgasm control. Mm-hmm. Um, I like uh, oh, wet girls. Okay, um, hold on. <laughs> First of all, okay, I, I've heard about this. That you you you've talked about this before yes. around me. That you you and I've had this conversation in the past. You really like just women who are wet, and we're not talking about turned on. You mean out of the rain, wet. I might be totally delusional about this, but I think all men like women who are wet. I don't I think this listen, is. I agree. I don't think this is a fetish or no. something weird. I, I think this is just the thing that guys like. I think this is the thing that guys like, but I also think this is the thing you like, uh, and you think about. You put a lot more thought in, I think, than you know, because I can definitely appreciate you know when I imagine just about any woman. You're right, Audrey Hepburn walking in from the rain or something like that. Yeah, that's appealing. But you are like. Fucking, you're like fucking a. Well, fucking a rain. It's like it's like a party bus. Can you think of anything that's not more fun on a party bus? Like name an activity, anything. Vomiting. Vomiting on a party bus. (laughs) (laughs) It's better. It's better. Go ahead, name something. Um. You know, you're absolutely right. I was gonna say getting audited for your taxes, but you know that too. Getting audited on a party bus would be more fun and much more fun. Absolutely. All right. So, so uh, name something that a woman is doing. Anything. Just picture a woman doing something. Uh, I would say cutting up a family of twelve in their basement. Can you picture her now wet? Wow, that's hot. That's hot. Wow, holy crap! Hot when a woman is wet. Yes. No, I totally understand. And she's like, you know, kind of like swishing her hair from side to side in slow motion. Yeah, I was going to say and slow has like motion. has the Megan Fox fuck me face. Sure. Do you ask your girlfriend to get wet very often? Do you like no. come out of the sh- or, or when she gets out of the... Do you wait until she gets out of the shower specifically? I don't... You know, look, I, I have... It's something I like, but I don't... 
I care about my girlfriend. I won't subject her to my like basest fantasies. Right. Um, but being wet isn't basest. I mean, it was like it's just it's sexist. It's uh, there's something you think wrong objectifying about it. is what you say. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good word for it. I feel like that would be objectification, and I feel I would feel uncomfortable doing that to her or anybody else. But yeah, if somebody's wet, I'm gonna get a boner. Right. It's just gonna happen. Wow. Do you really like it? <laughs> yeah, sure. You and I have sort of an ongoing personal bit. Or it's a running gag, I guess. We've had ideas for movies, like for example. All right. Well, you know, for, there are there are several types of movies that I uh, want to uh, to create. One is the long neglected genre. You know, there are movies that that are from different decades where I feel like they were part of a genre that 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 they don't make movies like that anymore. For example, the dog cop movie. Right. Like, why don't we see any more movies about a relationship between a police officer and his dog? Turner and Hooch. Canine. Sure. There's a lot of them, and they're all good. They're all gold. And I think we need to see more movies like this, and I, I am working on a script. Kindergarten Cop, speak. another. Okay, then go on. Yeah, okay, then, script. Then there's uh, the, uh, I guess, the kind of like, uh, you know, the synthesis of two genres that I like. Like, for example, a vampire beach movie. How come we don't see those? Okay. Vampires are very popular right now. They are. Everybody always likes beach movies. Everyone likes beach movies. This is true. This is true. Why um, not combine them? Why not, X? Okay. <laughs> I feel it would be stupid for me to say the sun. However. <laughs> however. Go on. Remember Point Break? Do you, do you remember Point Break? Of course. I am an FBI agent. Point Break. So you, instead of saying you're saying you're saying he says they I'm surf a vampire, at night. they surf said, at night. They do. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, and then they have a campfire afterwards, and it's a lot of fun. I don't want to give away all of your. Well, unless you're comfortable talking about more of your, because I don't want to ruin your entire uh, movie I, career here. I just want everybody to know that they are copyrighted, and okay. I will sue them. Right. So, so but there's <laughs> but you've amped it up today when we were discussing me coming over. You've amped you've pushed it up to a level that is. Frankly, I'm in awe of you, but go on. <clears throat> you, you've, you've decided... My newest idea, and, and I, I will share credit with my girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, but the newest idea is entitled The Ass Bandito, and it is a uh, gay pornography film, but it's, uh, it's, a, it's like a silent film from the 19-teens. Like it has classical mm -hmm. music in the background, and it has uh, textual cue cards to explain the plot and the narrative. And uh, and basically, it's a man dressed like Zorro, and he has a sidekick who's probably a Native American in really offensive attire. Right, because and, this is nineteen. This is a nineteen teens movie. And then, yeah, exactly. And then they go around uh, stealing people's asses. Well, but they steal. Do they steal from rich people's asses and give them to poor people? It's not Robin Hood ass. It's not. No, it's just they steal hot guys' yeah, asses. You're right. That's a pornography. I'm film. sorry. Like the plot only goes so far. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. My my idea was ridiculous. You're right. It is right. absurd. It, it is absurd. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to insult you. So yeah. So the Aspendito is one of the new ideas. There's the vampire surf movie. There's uh, my dog cop film. You know, there 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 are ideas floating around. You can't combine all three, unfortunately. Oh, yes. And then there's my, my ideas about BDSM pornography clips, which is the tease and denial films. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, we've talked about this before. Yes. I love this. So there are all these films of, like, uh, women dominating men in session mm. that are very low production value. 
where they're like teasing and denying them and it's like oh you're not gonna get any today yeah. and it's like that and it's kind of funny um but we feel like me and my girlfriend feel like it would be great if at the end of these videos when the guy is let down that a stamp comes across the screen that says denied and then there's like a <laughs> sound <laughs> and then maybe like a Afterwards, <laughs> that would be great. I think. I think. But the, the general idea of all this is comedy porn. Comedy porn, and that's that is. You know, we haven't talked about this. That is my style of play. Yes, I talk during uh, sessions or, mm-hmm. or, or you know just playing, and we joke around, and you know that's how I I, I like to play because you know I don't feel like you should become a different person. While you're having sex or while you're, you know, engaging in BDSM. There's a lot of ideas. I've also thought that it would be great. Like, guys always talk about, like, they want dominatrices who... Really, guys always, like, pretend to want, like, these dominatrices who are... In in real life, they'd be fucking crazy. Yes. Women who basically... Do not ask for consent and just do things. It's it's the, the like the most popular thing is the blackmail thing. You see it on the internet yes. a lot. Like there's guys who want to be blackmailed, but nobody really wants to be blackmailed because then you feel like you're a victim of a crime. Because blackmail is a crime. Because yes, right. because it's extortion. Yeah. So there's like fake blackmail. Like who really wants fake blackmail? That's kind of stupid. Yeah. So there's like this kind of catch twenty two in that situation. So I have a porn idea where people come in. Like, a guy is waiting to, like, see a dominatrix, and mm-hmm. then a woman comes in with, like, a knife or a gun, says, give me all your money, and then says, you just got dominated, and then, like, that's the end of the porn. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so, and she, but, but she's, and she's not even wearing anything sexy. No, that's no, no. Part about this. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of guys would be into that. Or another version of that is, like, guys waiting to, like, see a dom, and then she punches them in the face and says... You just got served, and then served comes across or, the screen. I've got and then, like, she leaves. And again, you're much more advanced than this than I. <laughs> However, how about this one? All right. Guy shows up to a sorority house, delivers pizza. Yeah. They give him money, tip him fairly well. Right. He goes home. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like like anti wish fulfillment. Yes. I like, like that. They answered. They answered. You know. They answered like, oh boy, oh you know, we don't have enough money. And then he says, oh, well, I think I have other ways. And then someone else says, oh, here, I've got a 10. And then they pay him, <laughs> and then he goes home. I would watch that. See, I would watch that. I think this is a good idea. Yeah. I think we have something here. <laughs> I, no, no, but you're absolutely right about the then, unrealistic wait, expectations. Then it cut to the guy in the car masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wah, wah. No, but. Well, I'm so glad you, 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 your girlfriend was wise enough and gave you Gave you enough uh, of uh, advice, <laughs> counsel to do this, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and I agree. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, Raul. Uh, he would like to point out, by the way, that all those ideas are uh, for his pornos are, are his ideas, and he's got them copywritten, I believe, or trademarked. Which is it? Whatever it is, he, he'll sue you if if, he's, if you steal any of those ideas. Uh, once again, mastercast.com. You can also email mastercast at gmail.com. For any uh, suggestions, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.